Welcome to my MACD life and powered by the Support Site Foundation. This podcast is about macular degeneration and the devastating impact it has on millions of people and their families every single day, 365 days a year. Our mission is simple, to bring hope, optimism, perspective, and education to our listeners. So tune in, buckle up, and put your listening ears on. Hi, I'm Dawn Prawl, founder and executive director of the Support Site Foundation. My MACD Life, the podcast you're listening to and tuning into right now, is empowered by the Support Site Foundation. We are a voice you can trust. My MACD Life is the first podcast series about how to live your best life with macular degeneration. My MACD Life podcast is generously supported by Regeneron. Today, we're talking with George and Cordelia Peters. Hi, George. Hi, Cordelia. How are you? We're doing fine. Good. You guys are really special. You're special to me. And I'm so happy that we share some things in common. And that's why I wanted to bring you on the show and have a conversation because the two of you epitomize life together with low vision. And I think that your story is one to share. And we're going to do that today. That is fine with me. Hi, Cordelia. How are you? Hi, Dawn. I'm fine. Thank you. I'm going to start with you, Cordy. Okay. You know, I was saying that your story is so incredible and one that I really think need people need to hear. And and sharing your story. And I want to thank you for that, for joining us today on My MACD Life. So, Cordy, you guys have been married how long? 45 and a half years. That's amazing. Bravo. So you are together and George can't see. You can see, correct? Correct. What's the first memory when you met George and George couldn't see at the time? Tell us about that when you first met him. For 45 and a half, well, actually longer than that. It's 48 and a half years ago. We met at a radio station. <laughs> he was had just gotten out of electronic school, which amazingly enough, you know, he, he did with uh, the limited sight that he has or had at the time, which was better than now. However, he could not get a job. There was still a lot of discrimination and he could not find a job. So he decided to go to the radio station, get some experience so he could put it on his resume. And we met at this little church radio station that played classical music. And I was there because I could pronounce the names of all the composers. And he was there because he knew the electronic side and could help out. And that's where we met. You know, he looked at my license hanging on the wall and uh, got my name and birth date and figured out that, okay, you know, that's, <laughs> and you know, one thing it. led to another and we started going out and well, you know, a few months later he proposed and I said, yes, he didn't have a job. Uh, anything, you know, I must've been crazy, but you know, here we are 45 and a half years later and, You've been crazy for 45 years or 48 years. Yeah, yeah we have been. 
Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so was it love at first sight? Dare I make that terrible pun? Yeah, you you can. I, I think there was an attraction at first sight and it just grew. So, and here we are, but he, uh, you know, he had, he had trouble getting a job. You know, the eyesight was definitely against him and he, you know, applied at different places and they would not take him. He tried, um, finally, he went to the Blind Association in Pennsylvania and they weren't really any help at all. And he was in the federal building and saw a senator's name, Senator Hugh Scott, on the wall and decided that, hey, it's I'm not losing anything by not trying. So he went in the senator's office and I believe talked to one of his aides because the senator was you know, in Washington. But he uh, made enough noise about it because he said, what do you want me to do? You know, I can take Social Security SSI and just sit back and collect the rest of my life and just vegetate. Or I can be a useful tax-paying citizen with a job. And the senator managed to get him into what is a New Cumberland Army Depot. So there you go. You have choices here, empowered. Mm-hmm. So, Courtney, I, I, you know, we've talked a few times about your role um, and, and the responsibility. Some people may view it as a burden. Um, some people don't. It's just what you do when you're love and married to someone who's not sighted, who can't see well. Exactly. So, and I, I remember when I first said caregiver, you know, and you're like, what? I know it's not the greatest word. No, it isn't. What's your life like with that? You are with George who can't see. What what do you, what do you call yourself? His wife, you know, it's, it's a for better or worse proposition. And I'm committed. You know, we took vows 45 and a half years ago, you know, for better or worse. And here I am. So that's just just the way it is. Yeah, I've, I've had to be his driver. I've had to be his eyes many times. I've helped out with some things, you know, where, you know, it took my eyesight to see something, you know, more finely detailed. But, I mean, he did fairly well, all things considered, uh, you know, he's got a good brain. Uh, he just needed more magnification for many things. And now these these new technical gadgets are really, I wish he would have had them when he was working. You know, they haven't come to real fruition until after he retired. Uh, but they have been wonderful. Good. We're going to talk about those a little bit. My MACD Life podcast is brought to you in part by Centric Bank. Healthy Vision Association, Hinkle, Stein, and Associates, Navaris, Regeneron, Visparo, and from anonymous donors. Courtney, you, you, you're just awesome. You inspire me. Well, thank you. <laughs> George is independent, and that's the goal here. Part of the goal of my MACD life is to help people be more independent in their with their macular degeneration and their lost vision. Exactly. So George, so I'm going to flip over to you. We talked about Cordy's role in your life as your wife, and she's the wife of George who can't see very well. So tell the folks who are listening out there right now 
um, and many of them I'm sure can relate. Talk to us about how you view your life with Cordy and what role she plays. Well, first, I view my life with her as a wonderful, she's a wonderful gift from God. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. And I thank God that I have her. I would also like to think that what I've done has improved her life. I've given her a lot of opportunity. Uh, she would not be an amateur radio operator. She would not be involved in knowing how to work on vehicles had it not been for me. Uh, there's a lot of things that I kind of pushed her to do, even though she was involved in, in some education. I gave her the opportunity to go to college mid-career when she lost her job at AT&T because I had a good job. And because I had that job, we were able to afford to send her to college where she had the opportunity to get her college degree. Uh, she learned how to swim a lot better, thanks to me, because I'm a certified scuba diver. So there's just, I'd like to think that I think it's kind of been a two-way street. I've improved her life as well as she has improved mine. All right, George, I gotta ask you this. I, I don't know if other people are thinking this, but how do you scuba dive when you can't see? Yes, ma'am, I was a scuba diver and you asked me, how did I scuba dive? Well, you put the tank on your back, you jump in the water and you uh, breathe through the regulator. I've been down as far as a hundred feet in a quarry. Uh, and of course, when I was down in the Caribbean, one of the guys was not going to let me snorkel because of my eyes. And I reached around to my back pocket. I pulled out my dive certification. I said, may I see everybody else's diver certification that's on this boat? Nobody could produce one. Guess what? <laughs> I dove. So I told him, I said, you're welcome to dive with me. That way, if there's a shark, I'll feed them to you. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. So it's, it's not about victim. It's not about needy. You, you live, you both live a full life. Talk about your adventures. Tell, I know you go on a lot of cruises. In fact, you're going on one soon, right? COVID safe, of course. Where are you going? We are heading out to Hawaii. We will go through the Panama Canal again for the second time and out to Hawaii and beyond. We'll cross the international date line, visit a number of islands in the South Pacific, come back into uh, San Diego and fly home. We just got back from a cruise that took us all the way around South America. Wow. So nothing stops you. Well, why let it? Uh, the lady, I was with a lady in, uh, in the South American cruise. She was totally blind. Her and her husband were uh, on board the ship. Her husband could see, and she lost her eyesight in her 30s. But uh, they're still together. They're 70-ish. And... We enjoyed each other's company and made new friends as we went around South America. My Mac D Life podcast is a national award winner of the STEP program for innovative macular degeneration, patient education, and for demonstrating a commitment to addressing the daily needs of people with age-related macular degeneration. Talk about the accessibility do you need it when you're doing things like that? I mean, I've always wondered that. Is it set up for you in a way that helps helps you because you have low vision and, and are, you know, 
I mean, I'm talking about the cruise, or does it matter? Well, for the most part, it doesn't matter for me because I can travel fairly well with the one eyeball that I have. Uh, I have now 20 over 600. It was 20 over 400. Uh, lighting would be really the key factor. Good light, I can operate. Poor light, I have trouble. So is there good lighting on a cruise ship? Fairly well, yes. There's a lot of people, though, you have to watch out for. and it's a, it, But it's a wonderful way to travel. Uh, they do have Braille on the doors, so you can kind of read. And uh, that's available. I do know Braille. I learned that when I was in first grade. I, t- I did uh, Braille and typing the first four years that I was going to school. When I moved to Pennsylvania, that started to disappear. So I taught myself print and used a magnifying glass. How'd you do that? Uh, I took a typewriter and typed the alphabet. I know the alphabet. So I used the uppercase because that's what the funnies came in. And I wanted to read the funnies like everybody (laughs) else, like all the other children. And then I taught myself the lowercase. It was just a matter of matching. Wow. Give uh, folks who are listening a a tip. Like you, you thought to do that. You figured that out. You're an engineer type. There's nothing that stops you. I mean, when we first met, you needed a device so you could see your circuit board. I was an aircraft instrument mechanic at one point. I repaired instrumentation for the CH-47 and the CH-54 helicopters for Department of the Army. And I did that for about three years. Wonderful job. I loved it. Uh, There wasn't anything in the shop that I probably couldn't repair by the time I left. I was pretty good at it. I repaired things that had been sitting on the shelf for years up there. Uh, When I started, the very first thing that they insisted was that they didn't want me and there wasn't anything they could do. I asked if, if that was my welcome aboard speech or should I be on the lookout for something later on. However, I worked successfully for three years, and when I left, uh, I was active with Civil Air Patrol for 22 years, where I got a chance to fly in those same helicopters, the CH-47, the CH-54, and some other uh, aircraft as well. Wow. So they, was it kind of like, well, we know you can't see and you're here just, you know, for a little while because we, you know, there's nothing you could do to help us. That's, that was it? Well, I've, what happened, I had been cut back from a WG-9 to a WG-7. And by law, they have to restore your grade if there's something that comes open on the base that you qualify for. And I qualified for these WG-9s. There were three of us involved. And how do you say to two, you go on and say to me, no, you got to stay. So I had that opportunity Mm -hmm. and I took it and ran. And the rest is history. Uh, When I retired, I was uh, working for a department of the Navy. I was the lead technician. I retired out as a GS-12. And I started in government as a WG-5. So tell for folks who aren't in government, what does that actually mean, the laid terms? Because that, that, that means you really worked your way up the ladder. Oh, absolutely. And, and I uh, went for a car ride with people telling me that they would see to it that that would not happen. Uh, and I did work my way up the ladder. I just kept taking uh, course after course after course. 
I had an interest in fiber optics. It was the last course. So I said, well, I'll complete them all before I get to the fiber optics course. And I took a course in fiber optics because that was relatively new when I was in electronics school. And then I took a course in aviation uh, aviation missiles because I really uh, needed to know more about that since I handled at one point all of the air-launched cruise missiles. I handled the Sidewinder, the uh, Sparrow, the uh, AMRAM, and of course I had access to all of the drawings at one point in my career. And what we were basically doing was determining what parts would be needed uh, by the fleet to keep the units in operation. So George, how do, I mean, let's remind people, you did all of this and you really don't see well. Share with me, with us, through all of that adversity, how did you do it? Positive attitude, how did you do it? What's your secret? The, the first secret is getting the right education and continuing to get education and figuring out what you need to do. In other words, uh, I figure if they can do it, I can do it. That's right. What's your motto, George? You shared it with me. I want I want you to tell everyone. I love it. Well, life doesn't come to you. You have to go to it. In other words, you have to get involved. Nothing stopped you. You're incredibly independent. I try to be. Share another story that's not your career or professional. How do you apply that to everything in your life? What's your well, advice I, to people? Well, of course, my advice to people is get involved. Have hobbies that are that are going to uh, teach you something. One of the greatest hobbies that I have is amateur radio because I'm around people that are doers. In other words, an amateur radio operator, if you talk to them, they're involved in a number of things as a general rule. So you learn. If you're, hmm. if you're going to be successful, pay attention to people that are successful. Learn from them. Keep your mouth shut, your ears open, and you will learn. My MACD Life podcast is generously supported by Regeneron. So how did Cordelia support you in all the things you got involved with? Well, one of the biggest ways she supported me was through uh, driving. Uh, it was my job to keep the car repaired. I went to automotive school for a couple of years, so I could do that without having to take the car to the shop, which is very expensive. <laughs> That's good. You make a good team. She drives and you fix it. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Cordy, George talked to, to us about getting involved, that stay involved, learn your education. And that's his secret sauce. So when he's involved, that means you're involved. You're driving him, you're supporting him in ways that he needs you to. So do you have time for respite for yourself? I mean, or do, how did you do it? You just enjoyed whatever he did? Talk to, talk to us about that. Well, some to, depending on what he was doing. When it came to Civil Air Patrol, you know, I would take him down. Well, I took you down to the meetings, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I took him down and 
I don't know if I waited in the I can't remember now that I waited in the car or waited I don't inside. think so no I don't think so but I would take him down there and then he would do his thing and I'd either read or whatever and you know of course we had kids at home too so it's good possibility depending on how much time it was going to take I might just come back home and then go back down and get him which you know involved double trips which is what we had all the time so you know, when I took him to work, you know, it was a double trip. Take him in, then I later on in the day get me to work and come back and get him. So it was, uh, you know, you could call it a burden, but it's just something you know you have to do and you do it. And that's that's the way it is. And so attitude. Yeah, but, exactly. And if it weren't for, you know, me being able to drive and take him most places, half the things that we've done wouldn't happen. So that's, it's just part of my responsibility as a wife. Yeah, you do what, what you have to do. You know, like I said, it's a for better or worse, and you make it as better as you can. It's a relationship, that's right. And you trust yeah. each other, you have to, you're his eyes. Exactly. George, you know, this is so enlightening. You know, I, I'm lo- I love the people, People who are listening and hearing your story, the adversity, overcoming adversity, doing anything, everything in your life, getting involved, as you said. So what what happens if Cordy's not around? What do you think about that? Have you talked about it? We have discussed it. And if something happens to her, of course, I hope it does not. I hope that I go first. However, if it does... I've tried to maintain friendships with other girls. (laughs) 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 Who knows? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's wonderful. I, I feel sorry for people that, uh, you know, they would say that they would never get married again. I don't know if I'd get married again, but certainly if somebody were to come into my life and I could love them again, I certainly would. And of course my wife has, a guy in Pittsburgh that would love to have her in a heartbeat. So. I, w- I won't hold him, I promise. <laughs> can he see? Can he uh, see? Yeah, he can, oh, yes. Okay. He can see, he can drive, and ironically, he uh, he uses the uh, library service for the blind and physically handicapped, so I don't know. You know, he has trouble reading, but uh, yeah. as far as the smaller print and what have you. So you're not even responding to the fact that he he can't see. You're you're responding to this based on what anybody would say. Yeah, exactly, because we're affected the I same way anyone else would be. You know, it's the fact that he can't see means that he would have to depend on someone else for transportation. And then considering the fact that we live in a more rural area here, there's no bus service here. He would need to move someplace else, you know, sell the house, give it to one of the kids, whatever, you know, happens with that. But he would probably have to move to a place where there is easy access to a place to eat, grocery store, um, possibly, you know, work out transportation with the county so that if he needed to go shopping, he could maybe rely on some people from our church. Look at you. You're, t- you're talking about all these tasks. These are things that I do, you know, you know, I go grocery shopping. I take in places for this and he would have to rely on someone else to do it. And, you know, relying on someone else means that you're on their schedule, not, not his. So 
you know, we, we go to the YMCA to exercise if he wants to do that. And you have a rapport. Yeah, we do. You have a rapport, you have a routine, you, again, like we said earlier, you trust each other. It's, it's, you know, and, and, um, and you, you are around each other a lot. Exactly. You know, he can't just hop in a car and go off by himself to a bar somewhere. (laughs) Well, he could, but I, we, you, we probably wouldn't want him to, right? No, no, that's true. Yeah. that's. You know, I guess to put it mildly, my God has taken care of me the first 68 plus years on the face of this earth, and he will continue to do so. I trust and I know that I'll be taken care of regardless. However it happens, it will be a sad day if I lose my wife, absolutely, but God will take care of me. I still have more love to give. Yep, it's your faith. That I have is faith. You got, oh, I love, I love that. So the assistive technology, the devices, you know, Vespero is a sponsor of my MACD life and every segment we do a product spotlight. So I think it's, it's great for you to tell people out there that, you know, assistive technology is not scary. It's it embrace it. It does change your life, right? When you need it. Yeah, absolutely. I was using assistive technology when I found out about the uh, smart glasses. I was reading a magazine that was put up on the uh, BARD system, and it allowed me to find out about these devices. And, of course, I read about that in Memorial Day this past summer. And once I read about it, I was chomping at the bit because I was waiting till Tuesday morning. I could be on the phone and finding out (laughs) how to get one of these things. I love it. And I was down at your doorstep on Saturday morning. So I was moving quickly. Yes, you do. I know you don't waste any time. We're going to close out the time here. Although we could, we could share your story over and over again with a lot more content, a lot more adventures, uh, global on cruise ships, as well as other uh, hobbies you have, like martial arts and things like that. But maybe we'll have you back again. Would you come back to the show? Oh, I'd be, I would be glad to. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that we could talk about. I was a rescue uh, worker. I was a fireman at one point. Yeah. Uh, you know, the martial done arts, the scuba diving. Yes. I mean, I've. well, I haven't done it all. I don't know what's next. I mean, there's some things I'd probably be a little scared to do. I don't think I'd want to strap one of those uh, things to my back and fly. Uh, but there's a lot of things that I've done. And who knows what's around the corner. One last thing that, you know, we want to share with people, but I want you, I don't want to ask you a question. I'd like you to, what haven't we covered today that you want to say to people who are listening to our My MACD Life podcast listeners and audience about living life with low vision? Even if you were to lose your eyes totally, which will probably happen in my lifetime, use what you have to the fullest. It's a gift from God. If you have to go down the road of being totally blind, accept that. It's going to be tough, but learn the skills of blindness. You might want to do that even ahead of schedule. 
to learn some of the skills of blindness, learn Braille, learn cane travel. These are all tools that you have in the box that you can use when you need them. So, George, talk about the assistive technology. What are the tools? And, and we'll make this one brief because we only have a couple of minutes, George, um, left in the hour. But what? how do you use out, embrace assistive technology uh, and just kind of give people the arc? I think assistive technology is, is fantastic. Uh, I look at, uh, you know, not only do I have the closed circuit television, I gave one away that was a much larger model. I sent that over towards Philadelphia for somebody else to use. I fixed it. Uh, the state uh, was told the one guy to throw it away. And I brought it home and I fixed it. Of course you did. <laughs> so I gave that one away and bought this one, the, the fold-up job that's smaller and I can carry it with me. The iris vision glasses that I have are excellent. The, the, the smart glasses allows me to, to do my soldering that I used to do with the telescopic lens. And uh, without those sorts of things, I'm not sure that I could do what I've done. So it's the assistive technology that makes some of this possible. I'll use that up until the day that my sight deteriorates to the point that I can't use it. And once it does, I'll find somebody that's needy and I'll put it in their hands and say, good luck, use it to the best of your ability. And when you're done with it, you give it to somebody else. We're going to end today by saying live life to the fullest. Absolutely. Your advice is get involved. And I am so happy you joined us, and I'm really happy to be involved in your life, both of you. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thanks for being with us on My MACD Life, the podcast with a vision to bring hope, optimism, perspective, and education to our listeners. For more information and many great, incredible resources, visit MyMACDLife.org. This program is supported by amazing listeners like you. Please consider a donation to keep our mission moving forward. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, keep living with hope. My MACD Life podcast is generously supported by Regeneron.